You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wednesday, December 1st, and a Thursday, December 2nd. We got you locked on Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt Derry with you. Thank you for joining us and being here today on this bitter cold a Wednesday in the Motor City. Hope everybody's hanging in and doing all right today. Jordan Reed from formerly of the Draft Network, now of ESPN, NFL draft analyst and expert, is going to join me later on in the show today. It's going to be a lot of fun talking to Jordan about the number one pick. Who the Lions could take? Are they tanking for Tibbs? Are they going Hutch for Heisman? What about the quarterback situation in this draft and also wide receivers? All of that with Jordan Reed. You're not going to want to miss that coming up momentarily on the show. we got the crossover tomorrow with Luke Braun, host of Locked on Vikings. Lions, Vikings, 1 o'clock Sunday at Ford Field as Detroit attempts again to get that elusive first win at 0-10-1. we got a practice report, uh, injury update, got some rookie discussion to get into as well. All of that today here on Locked on Lions. Thank you for listening and uh, making us your first listen each and every day. You can find us on all the platforms. We post the pod each and every day on Twitter. Follow us there at Derry Speaks, D-E-R-Y Speaks, at Locked on Lions, and also the Matt Derry Facebook fan page. Today, not a good day at practice. Uh, number one, Dan Campbell said before practice that you're going to see a lot of Jamal Williams on Sunday. So I, I would think DeAndre Swift is not going to play. Uh, there were reports earlier in the day that it's going to be a multiple-week uh, injury for Swift with that sore shoulder and that he's going to miss uh, could be a few weeks. So you're not going to see DeAndre Swift Sunday against the Vikings. He missed practice today due to a sore shoulder. Also, no Jalen reeves Maben. Or Bobby Price, both with shoulder injuries. Trey Flowers remains out with that knee injury. Man, has he been a, been a bust for this team. And Kaderil Hodge and Panay Sewell both mispracticed today due, due to illness. Now, if they were placed on the COVID list or anything like that, uh, that would have to be announced. So this is a different illness, but no Sewell, no Hodge at practice uh, today. Limited Trinity Benson, Michael Brockers, and Matt Nelson. Halapulavati Vitae back at practice today. He's missed the last couple games due to a concussion, but he was at full practice today, so that uh, certainly is good news. And look, the bottom line is this. I think the Lions are okay at the running back spot. You want to see DeAndre Swift out there, but I think with Jamal Williams, Jamar Jefferson, Godwin Iguabuike, um, I think the Lions should be okay for Sunday. We'll, we'll find out how the Vikings look and, and all that with Luke coming up. Tomorrow, I'd say it's it's a bit, you know, I'm not going to say it's not a winnable game, but I don't see the Lions slowing down Minnesota's offense, Kirk Cousins, Jefferson, any of those guys, Thielen. I don't see this being a win uh, this coming Sunday. One win the Lions have had, though, is that their number one overall pick, number seven overall um, in the draft, Panay Sewell is really starting to play well. And you can tell that he belongs. And right now, sitting at right tackle opposite of Taylor Decker, those two guys uh, and that whole offensive line, to be honest, have had pretty good chemistry. And um, Sewell's done a really nice job. Uh, you know, he hasn't allowed any sacks lately, pressures, anything. He's been fantastic. So I was looking at the Jeff Legwald ESPN.com NFL rookie rankings today, and many of you sent them to me today. 
at Dairy Speaks on Twitter, which I appreciate. And Jeff uh, is a, a senior writer for ESPN, etc. And he's got his rookie rankings, and they, they, we've mentioned these before. His top 10 on his list. Let's go 10 down to 1. Uh, Javon Holland, the safety from the Dolphins, is 10. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, the linebacker from the Browns, is number 9. Don't get me started. Uh, Jamar Chase from the Bengals, number 8. Kyle Pitts of the Falcons, number 7. Nate Hobbs, the cornerback from the Raiders, number 6. Creed Humphrey, number 5 from the Chiefs. Fourth is Rayshon Slater, the offensive tackle from the Chargers. Pat Sertan, the second, uh, is the cornerback from the Broncos. He's played very well. Number 3, Mac Jones, number 2 to New England. And the number 1 rated rookie so far this year is Micah Parsons from the Cowboys. <laughs> Where's Panesu? Like, I don't think this is fair. Now, can I sit here and tell you that I've watched Nate Hobbs play from the Raiders? Like, oh, yeah, you got to watch Nate Hobbs' tape. N- no, I haven't. All right, JOK from the Browns really had a big week uh, this past Sunday night, and the Browns lost to the Ravens, but he was all over uh, Lamar Jackson. I-, I don't know anything about Javon Holland either, the safety from the Dolphins. But I, I will say that I think Panesu belongs on this list. I think he's... Really coming on, he was the most uh, the, the highest rated offensive player for the Lions uh, last week. He's he's really playing well and has solidified this O line. I think going forward, going into next year, we'll talk to Jordan Reed about it in a second. But the Lions are looking at free agency and they're going to look at the draft. You know, you come back next year with Ragnow, with Jonah Jackson, with Decker, with Sewell, and with Vitae at right guard, who's played well. I have no issue with that. You've got to develop chemistry. And they've got some depth now. Evan Brown has done a really good job at center and may earn himself a payday in free agency. He's only on a one-year deal, but that's a guy you would want to keep around. Um, Kramer at at right guard filling in for for Vitae the last few weeks hasn't played all that badly. So the Lions have shown some depth. I think Hank Fraley is an excellent assistant coach, and there's going to be some changes on this coaching staff, especially if they go 0-16-1. But one guy to keep around certainly is Hank Fraley. But I was a little disappointed in seeing that list, and there's a lot of guys the Lions passed up. JOK, of course, was passed up in the second round. Micah Parsons, of course. Uh, Slater is ranked fourth. He was taken behind Sewell, and he's played well left tackle for the Chargers. But I like the pick of Panay Sewell, and I'm not going to argue it. I'm just disappointed he didn't crack um, the top 10. Hopefully he will uh, later on in the year. All right, we're going to talk to a Jordan Reed in a second. Bet Online has you covered all season for anything you want to put money down. Prop bets, you want to get the odds, you want to get the lines, accurate numbers, go to betonline.ag. As this football season, we continue to march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked on. That's L O C K E D O N to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Man, it's always great to reconnect with this guy. We had him on a couple of years ago when he was with the Draft Network. Jordan Reed, a former college quarterback, now draft analyst and expert for ESPN. 
And certainly we already got to start talking about this with Jordan, with the Lions and everything else, and he joins me today. What's up, sir? Hey, man, it's a pleasure being here. Thanks for having me on once again. Yeah, man, good to hear your voice. Jordan, congrats on the new gig. How, how much fun has that been to put those uh, four letters next to your name? Yeah, you know, growing up, just being and watching ESPN is definitely a dream come true for sure, but I'm just blessed to be here. and I have great colleagues and Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper, who I grew up watching when I was a kid, so just texting back and forth with them and having phone conversations is definitely a surreal moment. <laughs> That's got to be pretty cool. You got Mel Kuyper on speed dial, huh? That's got to be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, the first time me and Mel had our first conversation about two weeks ago, we talked for like two hours and for like an hour and 45 minutes, he's just telling me a story about the 1983 Baltimore Colts. So Mel's awesome. The same way you see him on TV, the same way he's on the phone. Oh, very, very cool. All right, let's get into it. What do you think about Detroit? We know it's a rebuild. It's been a rough first year at at 0-10-1. Before we talk draft, what, what do you just think of the direction of the organization? Well, I think this was kind of expected. Maybe not to be winless at this point. I know they're 0-10-1, but as far as just laying the groundwork of the foundation, we know they gutted the roster as far as from a talent perspective. And, you know, when I was doing my mock draft, obviously we'll get to that in a little bit. I had him taking Kayvon Thibodeau at the top, but just trying to figure out some specific needs for the team. I really wanted to put everything outside of offensive line. I think this team really needs talent in a bunch of different spots on both sides of the ball. So obviously you take the talented edge rusher at the top, whether it's Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau, that's a decision that they're going to have to make. But wide receiver, I think, is another area that they think that I think they're going to have to address, especially after losing Marvin Jones and then Kenny Galladay and then some other players in that area too. So I think this they just need to add talent overall. And, you know, Dan Campbell, the great thing about him and the one thing that I do say about Detroit this year is that they play extremely hard from Dan Campbell. And they've been so close to winning that first game. They really should have won the Vikings game that came down to the last minute. There's been some other games that have come down to the last minute. Baltimore is another great example of just how hard they're playing. And I think that's a great testament to Dan Campbell and how hard he's getting his team to play despite the win-loss column not being in their favor. What did you think of what they did in the draft this past year? I, we, we could talk about Panay Sewell, but he's been really good and now, now, now getting more comfortable on the right side. But after that... Aleem McNeil, Levi Onzerike, I think people were surprised they went with two D linemen. I was a JOK guy, and that's who I wanted the Lions to take. They took Onzerike over him. But how do you kind of view this last draft? I personally loved it, honestly. And it was a bit of a surprise to me as well for them to go back-to-back defensive tackles. But if you think about rebuilding a team and how Brad Holmes wants to construct this team, he wants to build it from the inside out. And I think that's exactly what he did, taking Panay at the top even though they already had Taylor Decker. And there were some questions about if Panay could transition to that right side. I know he had some struggles in the preseason, but he's been lights out ever since he's transitioned back, since Taylor Decker's been back from the injury. So I think you have really good bookends as far as offensive tackles, and you have a formidable interior as well. And I think that's a bit of an advantage that Detroit has over some of these other teams that are rebuilding. And what I mean by that is you already have a great infrastructure in place from an offensive line standpoint to where if you want to drop a quarterback into this situation – You don't have any fear doing that just because you have the protection in front of him. Now, the downside of that is you don't have a great infrastructure on the perimeter around him. So I think that's an area where they're going to have to improve. But as far as just sticking to the draft from last year, I really liked what Brad Holmes did and getting on Wuzurike and then Lee McNeil, two of my favorite defensive tackles at the top of the draft last year outside of Christian Barmore. And both of those guys have played really well this year. So I really like the foundation that they have in place from a trenches standpoint. 
Jordan Reed with us, ESPN's uh, NFL draft analyst, a uh, newest draft expert, uh, joining me here on Locked On Lions here on this Wednesday. All right, so, you know, Thibodeau versus Hutchinson. This is going to be months long that we have this discussion. I mentioned yesterday the Lions need to sell some tickets, too. Uh, Ford Field's empty. Uh, the league is, has made that known, too, that they're not real happy about that. So there's a lot of compare-contrast to do in the Hutchinson thing with the local angle, but how do you view it right now? I still have Thibodeau over Aiden Hutchinson, but Aiden Hutchinson is making a strong case as being the number one overall pick in this draft. We saw what he did against Ohio State in the game. He had three sacks. He's in the top. The pressure percentages amongst all defensive ends or defenders in general came on Thibodeau sits at the top. Aiden Hutchinson, I believe, is at four or five. So both of those guys are consistently generating pressure. Now, from the Aiden Hutchinson angle, the story is great, but I just don't know if people within the Lions organization are really going to see it that way. Yes, it's a great story. It's great headlines to write about. But at the end of the day, you want to get the player who is going to benefit your organization for the longest term. And you talk about taking a player at the number one overall pick. You want to make sure that this player is an elite type of prospect. And I don't think either one of those guys are along the same lines as some of these blue chip edge rushers that we have seen in years past, like a Miles Garrett or the Bosa brothers or Jadavion Clowney or even a Chase Young. I don't think they're on that type of tier, but I think they're a step below that. So you talk about taking a defensive end with the number one overall pick. You want to make sure you get that selection right now. Where I think this comes down to with Brad Holmes and what this regime has to decide is, are you going to take the higher upside prospect over the player that's going to come through the door a little bit more polished? And what I mean by that is I think Hutchinson is a bit more polished walking through the door as far as some of the moves that he does display, the effort that he plays with, and then the consistency that he has on a week-to-week basis compared to a Thibodeau that may have more upside that you may not see as big of a impact as you would like to see from a day one from number one overall prospect, but maybe three to four years down the road that ends up being the better player. It's interesting. Obviously, we've seen the hashtag tank for Tibbs and, and all of that, Jordan. Uh, but, but for the fans that haven't seen him at Oregon, what, what makes him number one on your board right now? Well, I mean, he's been a highly touted prospect ever since he was coming out, uh, coming out of high school. And, you know, it was a big get for Oregon. A lot of people thought he was probably going to end up staying out west. Or maybe he could end up somewhere like Alabama or somewhere like that. But he ended up going to Oregon, which is a big shocker to a lot of people. He's been a highly touted player, and he's been really good ever since he walked through the door at Oregon. By far been their best defender on that defense over the past few years. And, you know, Panay Sewell was a big-time prospect, but a lot of people were really excited about being done with the 2021 draft class and now being able to evaluate Kayvon Thibodeau. He's about six foot five, 255 pounds, and he's been a little bit banged up this year. He's been battling an ankle injury, but he's been able to battle through that playing in 10 games this year. And I think he has six sacks so far this year, which is way up from what he was a year ago at three. But you can't really look at the sack totals with him. If you turn on the tape or you just sit back and watch an Oregon game, it doesn't take long to find out who number five is or for him to pop up on the screen just because he's generating consistent pressure. And I love to call him that player that is just able to consistently have a negative effect on quarterbacks. Go watch him in the second half of the Cal game. He had 11 pressures alone in the second half. And that's what you're going to get with Kayvon Thibodeau. And even though the sack numbers may not be reminiscent of a number one overall pick like we have seen in years past, he's going to be able to generate constant pressure. And you have to be a little bit patient with him just because he is still a little bit raw. He's a fantastic athlete, but he's still learning the nuances of the position how to be creative with his hands and just how to marry all those things together with his body. So I think he's worthy of the number one overall selection, but this is a big decision that Brown Holmes and this regime is going to have to make at the top of the draft. 
And I want to ask Jordan about the receivers and certainly the quarterbacks as well, because many want, uh, including me, want Jared Goff out of here. And so uh, what will they do and, and, and who's going to be available to the Lions if they want to go quarterback in the late first round or beyond? We'll do that coming up next. I want to tell you, though, about Built Bar this holiday season. Grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. We know we've been telling you about it. It's Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. There's so many flavors to choose from. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Throw in your jacket pocket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it because it's the season of peace and love. Don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at family parties. People are so passionate about their flavor like I am with the cookies and cream bar. Want to cozy up with something warm this holiday season? Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt a little. Give your beverage a bit of that Built Bar flavor. It's amazing. Built Bar is the best. Plus, don't forget about those Built Bar puffs, those marshmallowy treats around the holidays. It's simple. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. We're talking to Jordan Reed, a draft analyst from ESPN. Just got to the four-letter network. Jordan was at thedraftnetwork.com for years. I loved his mock drafts in the past, and they're already out at ESPN.com as well. All right, Jordan, you touched on it earlier about the Lions' need for a wide receiver. Who's out there? Who do you like? And who could be there maybe in those early 20s when the Lions are drafted and taking that Rams uh, pick there? I think the great thing for the Lions is that they're really in the wheelhouse to get one of these top receivers in the draft. And there's five or six guys that could end up going in the first round. I think I have five, actually, in my first mock draft. And I think it's fair to say that that pick is probably going to be somewhere in the 20s with the Rams really reeling right now on a bit of a losing streak. And I don't know where they're going to finish up. It looks like they were going to be Super Bowl favorites there for a little while, but they're ended up on a bit of a losing streak right now. But the great thing about that for the Lions is that this pick probably in the 20 to maybe 20, 27 or 28 range, I think is going to be great for them just because I think at the top you have guys like Chris Olave from Ohio State and then round out that duo Garrett Wilson from Ohio State is a very talented player as well. But I think the player that really matches up with what the Lions need on offense is either Jamison Williams from Alabama, who's turned into a bit of a playmaker that was in the same wide receiver room with Wilson and Olave a year ago. But the player that I like the most for them is Traylon Burks from Arkansas. I actually had him going, I believe it was 24th or 25th overall in my latest mock draft to the Lions. Mm-hmm. And he's very reminiscent of A.J. Brown. He kind of has that thicker body. He's built like a linebacker, about six foot two, six foot three, 225 pounds. And he reminds me a lot of A.J. Brown when he was coming out of Ole Miss. And Arkansas kind of uses him like the best player on the high school football team. So sometimes he's at Wildcat quarterback. He's playing slide, he's playing outside, and then even times at running back, too. So I think the Lions just need that type of playmaker on offense because they don't really have anything out there right now. I know they were expecting Tyrell Williams to be that player, Quintess Sevis, who's been banged up quite a bit, and they just haven't had any consistent option this year that they can go to. Amara St. Brown has really shown some promise. I think he's going to be in the mix for the future. I think that was a really nice selection for them. But outside of him, I think they need that big go-to number one type of player. And I think Traylon Burks can be that type of player for them. What, what about the quarterback situation? It touched on it before. You know, Jared Goff is not at a good year. I know he's under contract for next year, too, and it's a pretty big cap number. But this is not the year. 
you know, if Lions fans are just dying for the number one overall pick to be a quarterback, that that's not this year, right? And and how do you view some of these guys, including uh, the kid from Pitt, uh, Kenny Pickett? I think this is the most interesting part of the Lions offseason. And I know the number one overall pick is going to get a lot of headlines, but nothing matters in a rebuild until you get that illustrious quarterback position right in a rebuild. And that's exactly what the Lions are in right now. They're squarely in the middle of step one, which is really just building the foundation up and just trying to figure out where they want to go from here. Jared Goff, as you mentioned, obviously isn't the long-term answer there. They were hoping maybe possibly to get something out of him, maybe motivate him a lot of fire under him and prove that he can once again show why he was the number one overall selection. But that just hasn't happened. Um, On the topic of Kenny Pickett, I think the thing about him is that you know exactly what you're getting with him. And, you know, he's, he's a cerebral leader. He's a great leader of men. Everybody in the facility talks glowingly about him, and he he's just like a distributor. He's a natural point guard, and I think the thing about Pickett that's a little bit different from last year is that he was nursing a really bad ankle sprain for about five or six weeks during the back stretch of last year, and he just wasn't able to be as mobile as he wanted to be. And then they did not have anything surrounding him at all a season ago, and they've had a freshman receiver emerge named Jordan Addison, who's been a godsend for him out on the perimeter. So we've really been able to see the development of Kenny Pickett go to the next step and I think with these other quarterbacks you're chasing a little bit of potential as opposed to exactly what you you know what you're getting when you walk when Kenny Pickett walks through the door so I think that's why some teams are going to be so high on Kenny Pickett as opposed to some of these other teams but I think with the Lions a big decision that they're going to have to make is do they feel as if Kenny Pickett is more transcendent than these other two edge rushers at the top I just don't know if Brad Holmes is going to be willing to say that and my personal opinion, I would take a defensive end just because if you drop a quarterback into the situation right now, I just don't think he's going to be very transcendent for your roster. How, how many quarterbacks do you have going in, in your first-round mock right now? Because this is not, like I said, this is not a class like a, you know back in the day with Peyton Manning or Ryan Leaf or anybody like that. Yeah, so I have Matt Corral going to the Washington football team at number 8 overall, and then I have Malik Willis. Or excuse me, I had Kenny Pickett after that going to the Panthers, and then I had Malik Willis going to the Broncos. Those were the only three that I had in my mock draft, and that's really the over-under right now sitting at two-and-a-half of where these quarterbacks could go in the first round. So could they get someone later, and are there some guys that you think probably have to sit a year, right, or or, 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 or get some seasoning, like I said, because you know this is not, this is not Phillip Rivers, Eli Manning type of thing. So right. are, are there some guys later on you like? Sam Howell from North Carolina is one. I think he's probably going to rise up as the draft process goes through just because I think just because there was such a high opinion on him coming into the year, and then everybody's going to see once they get to the tape of just what he was working with this year. I think he's probably going to end up rising just because I really like what Howell was able to show down the backstretch of this year. And I know he had the bad game against Virginia Tech in the season opener, but after that, he lost so much. He lost his top four guys last year, the two running backs and Javante Williams and then also Michael Carter. And then on the perimeter with Daz Newsom and then also De'Ami Brown, he really had to learn to be the catalyst of an offense. And he has over 700 rushing yards this year. The previous two years as, a, as the starter of Carolina, he didn't have over 200 yards total. So that just goes to show you that he's using his legs a little bit more often. And then I think the deep accuracy that he's able to show, I think that's going to put him into some favorable situations as far as with scouts. Um, and then, you know, Jim Nagy has kind of been hinting that he's a candidate for the senior bowl. So we could see him rise, help his stock rise in Mobile. And then another player that I think could be there in the late first, early second round is Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. But once again, like how if he gets into the college football playoff of where he's able to show off, 
you know, his 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 uh, prowess to get some of this better competition. If Cincinnati does end up getting or being one of the top four teams, we could see him rise. Another player that's going to be in the senior bowl too. So it's just very rare to see a quarterback taken in the late first round and then him end up panning out. Be interesting to see too if the Lions. Uh, I'm assuming with the way things are going. The Lions are going to be able to work with some of these guys and run yeah. a team at the Senior Bowl, and that could that could help them for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing better than getting you know specific eyes on them for an entire week, just seeing how they tick, how smart they are, and then obviously getting an up close and personal view of them in practice too. Jordan, this was a pleasure, man. I love chatting with you. Let's do it again. Obviously, we got a little ways to go, but. Uh, December 1st, and the Lions are winless, and, and fans are already getting into the draft. So uh, thanks so much. No problem. Thanks as always, man. It's a pleasure. You got it. There he is, Jordan Reed, with us from ESPN, ESPN.com. Draft analyst and expert does a fantastic job. Uh, check out his stuff on Twitter as well. That'll do it for the Wednesday show. Tomorrow, the crossover, we'll talk to Luke Braun and talk some Vikings right here on Locked on Lions.